0: Hey everybody, um, I'm supposed to uh, go home after I'm out on this run. And yeah, for everybody who's just listening, uh, I'm just filming with my phone because I'm on the top of a little mountain. Um, <laughs> and I was supposed to go home to like do the intro, but then I thought it would be nice to maybe like show the ones who are watching at least how beautiful it can be here in Bergen. Uh, because like it's winter and it's like super icy, but it's like so beautiful uh, up here. I really, really love it. Um, but yeah, in today's episode, we're going to talk with Sarah Heppikini, uh, who is working with the UN World Food Program. So uh, she has been working with the UN a bit, and I thought it would be really interesting to talk with her um, about, like, yeah, like the UN World Food Program, uh, but also like how it is working in the UN. Hey everybody, it's me again. Um, just right before we jump into the episode with Sarah, I just want to um, apologize because I did a rookie mistake and the uh, me- memory card got full just after one and a half minutes into the conversation so then we have to cut to the audio of the cameras which is like whack uh, which is like really not good uh, compared to the beautiful one and a half first minutes that you can now enjoy uh, but i hope that it's okay um it's the knowledge and the conversation between me and sarah which is the most important one And I actually know that this have happened one more time. (laughs) Um, But I think that is the last time that it will ever happen. So I hope you stay with me. me. And uh, trust me that it will be better. But that this is for the knowledge that Sarah uh, is given. Uh, That's why I want to have this conversation. Um, So again, I'm sorry for the bad quality of the audio, which you will hear. But yeah. Uh, again, thank you so much for being with me in this journey. And um, thanks again, Sarah, for doing this with me. And okay, so now here we go. This is the conversation between me and Sarah Pikini. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for inviting me. This is so nice. I'm very impressed with the setup.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. Um, okay, so should we just jump straight into it? Um, so since today we're talking about um, like food security especially... And, um, yeah, we never talked about that before here. So, uh, if you can maybe explain a little bit about like, what's like the, um, f- yeah, food security, like 101, if you would say it like that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Thanks for, for the question. Um, food security 101. So, uh, yeah, I think this is really interesting because there are a lot of terms that get thrown around like hunger and hidden hunger and food security, um, Nutrition security, mm. maybe these are all terms you might read in like a, a UN report or something, um, and and maybe it can be slightly confusing exactly what each one of them means. So, like hunger, I think my agency says there's like 828 million people suffering from hunger today, mm. um, and this is referencing like that physical like feeling of of, of being unwell when you're not consuming enough energy, right? Mm. And then food security is very related, but it's slightly different, because food security is um, it's more of like a status of having consistent, reliable access to safe food, like mm. enough safe food to live a good life. right? Mm. And so it's not just about being uh, full today, like maybe you're hungry today or maybe you're full today, but it's about that long-term ability to access food afford food and and consume it over time mm-hmm. um yeah so there's like the slight difference and and then maybe there's also we heard the term like hidden hunger yeah yeah i, I don't know
0: I is that um well like you said when you get enough food but it's not nutritious
1: exactly exactly yeah. so like that's the the micronutrient debate right like mm-hmm. so Over the past 20 years or so, we've realized more and more that um, people can't live off of calories alone. And Mm -hmm. that for good brain development, to maximize your IQ, for good physical uh, well-being, you you really need to have that diversity of of micronutrients Mm -hmm. in your diet. So it's kind of like one step up from, uh, yeah, towards like healthy diets.
0: That's really interesting. Like, because uh, first when I thought about food security and so on, I thought that maybe like in developing countries and so on, that was like mostly where we talk about it. Uh, but realizing that I think like actually like even in Norway, like there are many people who don't get, yeah, like nutritious food in their diet. Like we have the possibility, but not everybody has the possibility maybe uh, because like healthy food can also be ex- like more expensive? Or is that like a thing around that? Or
1: Yeah, I think you're hitting it um, on the head for a lot of populations. So there are some places in the world where people are food insecure because they can't access food. So if there's a, a war, a conflict, mm. um, if there's a, a climate shock or you know, mm. uh, some sort of big avalanche or flood like in Pakistan, people have are food insecure they literally can't access it. But for most people, it's around affordability. Uh, Food security becomes an issue of poverty. Um, Like if you went to uh, a neighborhood, like a food insecure neighborhood in Yemen, for example, you would eat just fine. You would probably eat well, right? Because it would be a question of of who has the money to afford a good diet. And then it's also, again, that is really important, that idea of, food security over time because you can eat well today but then if you don't eat well tomorrow it still has that long-term negative impact especially for kids so we pay a lot of attention Mm. in food security to children under five um because this is like a critical period where you're determining kind of your future growth um Mm. status and, and if you'll be able to like maximize on your physical and mental uh growth wow
0: um and how do you work with that? So,
1: yeah. Yeah, so um, at the World Food Programme, we're the largest humanitarian agency in the world. This is yeah. what we, what we <laughs> say. And it's true. Yeah. Um, and That's we good. work in 80 countries across the world, I think, um, in different kinds of contexts. So, yes, an emergency context where there's conflict um, and when there's like a big shock, But also, like these years have been really tough for like macro shocks, right? Like COVID 19 Mm. and uh, this uh, global supply chain food price crisis that's been happening this year that has really increased the price of food for a lot of food importing countries. So, Mm. a lot of countries in the Middle East, a lot of countries in Africa that really relied on food from Ukraine or from um, the, the neighboring region and so we respond to that either with um, direct transfers so Mm -hmm. giving food Mm -hmm. more than giving food we often give cash so I think we're like 60% cash transfers yeah which is something that really aligns to the yay movement we do um, Mm -hmm. cash transfers either directly from us but more often we try to do it through government systems Mm -hmm. so this is the same as in Germany or Norway where like a, a families entitled to a certain transfer every month if Mm. they need, right? Mm. Uh, So we try to do like complement government social protection systems when needed. Um, And then we do a lot of programming that kind of um, bridges the humanitarian and development. So like working with small farmers, working on uh, making food more affordable and accessible, working with retailers, Mm. uh, working on food fortification. Mm. Also, trying to get those micronutrients. in exactly. Kind of yeah,
0: yeah. Huh. And can I ask, you, like, how how did you end up working with this?
1: Um, yeah, so I've always been interested in food policy, and I was uh, in undergrad. I did an internship working with uh, smallholder farmers in Ecuador. Mm. We were trying to get them certified organic, yeah. and uh, so that they could sell local market or outside the local market and earn more more premium for their their product. Um, and I also learned then like how complicated that system was and and also how maybe like part of it I remember was trying to uh, talk about child labor on on some of these farms hmm. and why like the 10 year old should be in school rather than helping. Wow. Yeah. And um, and farmers being like, No, I've been working on the farm since I was like six, like he can work on the farm too. Hmm. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Things like this. Um, so yeah, I think I had an early, um, peek into some of the issues around like food and agriculture and, and I was, uh, very interested from, from that point on. So I've had a couple of different roles, but, um, Mm -hmm. now I've been at the World Food Program for five years. Wow. And how is it like working
0: like within like United Nations or, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's good. Um, I like it. I I don't like it every day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but overall I like it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, I think you take every job with it's good and it's bad. And maybe, you know, like the critiques of the UN are that it's quite slow and it's very bureaucratic. I think those of you are true. Mm. But I also think that it can be quite impactful. Um, you work with a lot of uh, decision makers all the time. You work with a lot of different partners who are across the, the globe and even small tweaks like what food to put in a food basket ends up really mattering to you know thousands of families. Mm. So it's in that way it's it's really interesting. And um yeah I, I so we're at an effective altruism weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I really appreciate about this weekend and these conversations. Is that it's asking like what is the best thing you can do with what you have, mm. um, and and I feel like a lot of our work is trying to figure out what is like a good and feasible thing that we can do, mm. um, which is already quite an achievement often. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so I think there's a lot of opportunity to to explore like what's the best thing that you can do uh, with like a UN uh, agency or with some of these partnership roles. Mm and and like how
0: how do you uh like maybe somebody like who listens or uses like wanna work in the UN maybe like do you have any like uh, I don't know like tips or advice like how do you get into like working in the UN
1: um yeah that's hard because the UN is such a big entity so mm-hmm. I think they're like I'm gonna mess up this number but I think there are like 16 different agencies mm-hmm. and they all have their own um areas of focus so whether it's peace and security or like uh, issues of, of nuclear conventions or uh, like UNICEF, like children, uh, the world food program. And I think you can find uh, an area that you're passionate about. Um, and then like, then there would be different entry points. You have to decide if you want to be more on the global policy level, mm-hmm. or if you'd be interested in joining one of the UN country offices uh, in a country and working on like the tangible projects that are delivered on the ground in that chosen area of work. Mm-hmm. Thanks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can tell me if it doesn't make sense and then you repeat no 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 that was good okay um, I'm just try- trying to think more about like um, maybe like within the given world food program like um, like because yeah like now as you mentioned a little bit like there um, like when there's like war happening and like we see what's happening in like Ukraine and so on um uh, like, yeah, is, is that an example of like, then you will go in and help directly or like, uh, yeah, I think you mentioned something on the way or that like, you also work directly. Um, you have teams that do that or?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um uh, each agency is structured differently, but ours is uh, structured so that most of our focus is uh country based. Mm-hmm. So we have um, country offices in, yeah. 80 countries, something like this, Mm -hmm. um, who are focused on supporting governments in their goals around food security and nutrition, um, and then also doing direct programming. So whether that's helping uh, directly get food to schools for like school meal programs, Mm -hmm. or getting cash to people through uh, cash transfers on their mobile phones, Mm -hmm. or working with... um, like one of the things we do is is around fortified food. So we try to work with local millers and uh, private companies to increase access to to fortified meats or um, rice or oil, so that the the food that comes in our baskets or in the schools or even just available to the local community also has that added benefit of of the micronutrient intake. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> Mm.
0: Are there any other points uh, like around like food security or like policy that uh, we should dig a little deeper into, maybe?
1: Yeah, so we were saying that the reasons that people are food insecure are many different reasons, mm. right? Um, it, it can be questions of poverty, it can be questions of being part of a, a minority group that has less social status. And, and I think I was saying that women um, experience food insecurity at higher rates than men. Because uh, like maybe in some cultures, men would be prioritized for, for better foods than, than the rest of the family. Mm. Um, and so it's really, um, I think if you were really trying to tackle issues of, of food security, um, you'd have to like dig deeper into some of these underlying causes. Right? Mm. Giving people food and giving people cash is really helpful and, and will help them get to the next day. Um, and meet their immediate needs, but it won't solve the structural problems. Yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. in the beginning, you were referring to food security issues in Europe and in America, right? Mm-hmm. And and this is why, like, yeah, I think in America, one in eight kids is food insecure. Wow. Um, yeah. And obviously, it's not an issue of not being enough food around; mm-hmm. plenty of food. Yeah, true. It's these other issues. Yeah.
0: Huh, okay, but what 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 about uh, the ones not in, like, America and U- Europe? Like, what are some of, like, underlying causes? Uh, uh, yeah, because the, when I'm thinking about, like, food security and, like, hunger and so on, it's, yeah, it's, it's mostly people who are, like, hungry, yeah, and not the ones in Europe and America, even though, of course, that's super important as well. Um, but, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and again, I think what you'll find is there are, like... Um very context specific uh reasons right so my portfolio is mostly uh, east africa mm-hmm. and a couple of countries in southeast asia that i tend to work with more often and there we yeah we focus a lot on um yeah still issues of poverty so so cash transfers to help meet basic needs so that families aren't choosing between um you know uh, feeding their families, and then making investments, maybe into productive assets, or putting their kids in school, like trying to really get to the point where you're not making those trade-offs to, to and allow you to get, you know, um, yeah, access to whatever it is you need <laughs> to to um, help your well-being. I think what I want to say about working in in developing countries is that the underlying causes of food insecurity are often uh, yeah they're they're multiple they're economic factors there's social factors they're cultural factors and that the two kind of big um, actors who can make a real difference are the government mm. and the private sector so that's everyone from mm. like the big companies in a country to the small mom and pop shops yeah. you know in many of these countries most employment is informal um uh, mm. And, and really, I think it's about creating uh, partnerships with, with those different actors to tackle those underlying um, problems so that they're more sustainable solutions. Mm-hmm. In development, there's um, a new trend called localization. I Have you heard this? It, it's like no. the new buzzword of the season. Oh. No. But it's yeah, it's a new word for for an old idea that basically uh the solutions to problems in India should come from Indians and people who are in India. Oh yeah. The yeah. solutions to problems in Tanzania should come from Tanzanians and people who are working on the ground, right? Yeah. Um and so I think that supporting the governments in these countries and the people who are working on the ground is is really important to identify those um, structural challenges mm-hmm. and what some solutions might be.
0: How do we do that? Uh, can, can we support them in doing that? Or is it then not localization again?
1: Yeah, I think you can support them because I think there are like um, many different... Uh, resources that are helpful so like obviously financial resources Mm -hmm. um, but also just knowledge and um, uh, sharing best practices and then letting people in those countries take what they want and can from those and applying them as they as appropriate to those countries
0: yeah makes sense makes sense yeah yeah since we can give like yeah a lot of knowledge and like fund their project or whatever but like it's in the end it's them who are like okay we want to do this so like let's go yeah so we're not coming in there and like being the savior, so like helping out
1: yeah like, I think kind of like. yeah I think that balance is really tricky because sometimes they'll tell you oh what we need is like some like human resources like a person to manage this project mm, yeah um and maybe that's true like there's a gap in the short term but in the long run yeah exactly what you're saying you mm. want people in that country to be able to yeah to take those resources and run with it interesting
0: and is this um uh, if I remember correctly I think it's a growing number of people who are like food insecure is that true or how is that you know like is it getting better or worse? sorry
1: yeah maybe this is where up. we should have started our conversation <laughs> so you are wearing an SDG pin right mm. now with the sustainable development goals and uh, as you know SDG 2 is mm. zero hunger mm. so in 2015 the world set this very ambitious target to get to zero hunger by 2030 Mm. And unfortunately, over the past few years, we've actually been moving away from that goal. Yeah. Um, right now, they estimate that if things continue as they are, there will still be like 650 million hungry people by 2030. Oh wow! Yeah. And um, and that's for yeah many reasons. Um, not least among them being COVID uh, mm. and and these like recent supply chain and price crises. Mm. Um. COVID especially, I think, was really hard for for many developing countries because it uh, has led to a bit of a fiscal, a bit of a debt problem now. Hmm. So I don't know if you've been following what's happening in Sri Lanka, but um, the government was unable to pay many of their debts. And the World Bank has estimated that between 30 and 40 other countries will be in a similar position in the coming year or two where they're unable to pay their debts because of how much COVID cost them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I have not. Uh,
0: but I did hear one thing maybe, so that kind of makes sense. But um, again, correct me if I'm wrong or if you know about this, but that the government in Sri Lanka said something about that people have to grow their own food for like one day a week. Or
1: something. I don't know about that one, but it doesn't surprise me, I guess, because oh, yeah. um, I think the situation was so bad. And that's why you saw people protesting, right? Yeah. And and you saw a change in government and a change mm-hmm. in the president and prime minister. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the situation there is, is also unique because they're an island and they import everything, right? Yeah. So if they don't have the uh, foreign reserves to be able to pay for imports, mm-hmm. it's kind of just... Oh wow. Yeah. Um but I think they've reached a deal with the IMF. I'm pretty
0: sure I read that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I <laughs> we can so. double check. <laughs> yeah, we can double check and put the links in the description so people can see yeah. if they want yeah cool. Or not not cool, or like yeah. <laughs>
1: but interesting. <laughs> but interesting. Right? Yeah,
0: very interesting. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, but can you touch on more on that maybe? Like uh okay, there are like, two things I wanna know a little bit more about, I think. Like one is regarding like the SDGs and like uh, how that's been going, or like if you have have some some more uh, like almost inside information, or like just since you're working with, with it, like is that um, like do you work with those goals and with them? Um, oh, what do you call that in English? Like not the main goal, but the other small goals under. Oh
1: yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, like, like the sub targets. And... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like.
1: Um, How well is that connected? Mm, to like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the SDGs are, a, so they followed the Millennium Development Goals, right? And that was from 2000 to 2015. Mm. And if I remember correctly, there were 10 goals, and it was really successful. Mm. Um, it was around, you know, like children in school, having poverty, and um, I think the world kind of showed what it could achieve when it had more focus around certain goals. Mm. And so then, in 2017, you got or 2015, you got these 17 goals, and um, you have not only UN agencies working towards these goals, but like companies are working towards these goals, governments and different uh, research institutions and civil society. So, um, I don't know that many people work on all of them. Like for us, we have two. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah so we do uh 2 and 17 17 is really around partnerships so mm. yeah you, you got it <laughs> yeah. um and under sdg 2 so it's called zero hunger but inside it there is a lot of stuff around nutrition uh, mm. working with small farmers increasing local mm. production of nutritious foods um and those are all things that we we track and, and try yeah. to, to push as well mm. are there
0: some of those goals which are actually going good
1: You know, yeah, I I think, yeah, I mean, these are all so complicated, it's hard to say why, but like, if you look at the overall trends, yeah, um, like, poverty is like globally going down, right? Like, the world is becoming a better place, yeah, overall. Yeah, Um, I do think there are some that are a bit worrying, like, uh, every year, every other year, the Gates Foundation publishes what they call the goalkeepers report i guess you do goalkeepers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um uh so i was looking at the one for for this year and mm. uh melinda uh french gates wrote in her essay you know like the ones on women's equality are mm. really not doing as well as we would hope and okay, that at yeah. this rate like we won't get gender parity until like 2100 or something like that so there are some that are like progressing and then some that are really um, stagnating still and need yeah. more attention.
0: Okay, like this is almost a little bit embarrassing but um, and maybe a part of the problem. But that word used, what was that? Gender parity?
1: Um, gender equity maybe i don't
0: actually oh. remember where, where i used
1: yeah. yeah. it okay if, if that's what you yeah, yeah then yeah. i know yeah uh,
0: okay cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's
1: hope but there are a lot of terms there. there's uh equity, yes. there's empowerment there's yeah. uh, all of these and they all mean slightly different things yeah
0: true yeah yeah like um i would like especially like when talking to people about stuff i don't know much about and I, I feel i'm always
1: asking like what do
0: you mean like
1: oh that's good yeah that's what we want and uh, I, ho- I hope so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i ask a lot of questions pretty sure people think we're very dumb <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> that's how we learn so yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing um okay yeah but um okay cool and then the other thing i was uh, thinking more about in depth like you said yeah, in-depth, actually, about depth, or depth with a B. Yeah. Um, Like, yeah, like, do, do you have some more, like, information around that, like, about what happened in Sri Lanka or, or uh, like, in other countries you mentioned as well? Like, that maybe that will happen in other countries and how would that affect the world or, yeah.
1: Yeah, how that will affect the world, I think, is the big question for, for like the, the economists. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, at, at a high level, what they're saying is that because of COVID and because so many governments both um, lost a lot of revenue during the COVID period, but mm-hmm. also had to pay more to their citizens and to their local economies to keep them afloat, mm-hmm. a lot of these governments took on debt that they couldn't service uh yeah for the long term and and again i forget the exact number but there's somewhere between 30 and 40 countries at risk uh around Mm. the world and one of the things that we're seeing which i think is really good is at first there was kind of um people knew that this was a problem but Mm. no one really wanted to to talk about it much because it's it's a complicated thing right like Mm. you're talking about sovereignty issues, but you're also talking about these like international systems of debts and repayments and no one yeah. wants to not be paid back. Yeah. <laughs> right? True. Um but with the the crisis in Ukraine, many governments including uh the G seven led by Germany uh G seven the the seven richest economies. Oh. Um cool. Yeah. They they form like there's like the G seven, there's the G seventy seven, there's yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so they met this year um, also like the United States uh, have an initiative the French have an initiative called FARM and these are all um, multi pronged plans to deal with uh, the the crisis in Ukraine mm-hmm. in terms of its impact on the rest of the world mm-hmm. so uh, maybe you heard that there were like there were worries that we involved Wheat exports would not make it to the countries that needed it. That fertilizer exports were not mm. making it to the countries that needed it. Yeah, and and also that there was this debt problem. Um, so through these different plans, they're they're trying to address some of these issues mm. uh, by supporting governments and, and budgets um, and uh, by creating alternatives. Yeah, um, I think it's a it's a big challenge and a slow process. Yeah. but like I think there's a movements to address the debt crisis this Mm -hmm. way also the world bank is leading um, a few initiatives there with like an ifi roadmap okay yeah yeah. Hmm.
0: it's so good to know that there are like multiple entities are like coming together to like try to solve this and like sense make like how can we actually make this better yeah
1: yeah slowly slowly like these processes take time because yeah. there are like a lot of negotiations and, mm. and one can even say there are like too many initiatives happening yeah <laughs> um with everyone leading their own but um hopefully like there, there are a lot of mm. calls for coordination and while nobody wants to be coordinated um mm. hopefully they do uh, come together
0: hope so yeah interesting um I have this one question, which I think is uh, kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah. just like, uh, if if there was one documentary to be made within like the topic.
1: Cool. Yeah. What should it be? Cold question too. I was not warned about this. No. (laughs) 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 Um, one documentary to be made. You know, I my um, work these. The past couple of months has, um, been around, uh, the issues of food and climate. So like, I'll, yeah. I'll head to COP uh, 27 yeah. uh, next week. And, mm. um, and these are all like very complicated issues, right? Like climate change and food security and agriculture systems and stuff. But I think there's so many linkages between the two, um, also because agriculture and food sectors contribute like one third of climate emissions Mm -hmm. um but not only right like we don't understand maybe like all of the different ways that we could work towards mitigation and adaptation in our food uh both in how we produce it but also the foods we choose to eat Mm -hmm. um and and how that could impact climate change and i think that that's worth exploring more there, there are some good um mm. books around but i think it's an area that we don't understand very well yeah interesting yeah and then do you have some yeah like for people who want to learn
0: more about like this topic like yeah do you have some books or some documentaries or uh, maybe just like the website of UN World Food Programme. <laughs>
1: yeah, you can check out the World Food Programme. We even have—I mm-hmm. learned—we have a TikTok wow. now. Wow. World Food oh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you can go on TikTok. Cool. Uh,
0: I'm gonna check that out. Yeah. yeah. We'll link that below. Yeah. So people to see.
1: Um, yeah, I, I think uh, there are a few good books. Um, my favorite is from school, and it's escaping me now. But I'll send you the link. After.
0: Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And obviously, these are big issues and you might be interested in like anyone listening might be interested in different parts of it, right? Like some people might be really interested in uh, agriculture or in fish farming. Other people might be really interested in like food safety because mm. maybe that's an area that doesn't get as much attention. It's not as sexy, right? Mm. But like what happens if the food goes bad before people can eat it yeah, and yeah. it's wasted or it makes people sick. Mm. Um, and, and I think food safety causes, uh, you know, like a significant Um, penalty to like economic growth every year Hmm. yeah wow yeah
0: yeah (laughs) and do you have any last thoughts
1: um no i think this was great i appreciate you inviting me to chat uh and yeah i look forward to to hearing more about your journey in effective altruism Mm. and uh yeah yeah, we'll (laughs) stay in touch we will thank you so much for taking the time thank you yeah
0: thank you again Sarah and to everybody watching and listening thank you too um hope that you're having a nice day and if you have any feedback for the podcast please let me know and um yeah hope to see you in the next episode okay bye -bye.